Banking with Arundel Federal Savings Bank means so much more than you think. Your money stays in the local community. It helps everyone grow and prosper. From a young couple moving into their first ever home to a growing family getting the bigger house they need. What else would you expect from one of the best community-minded banks in all of Maryland? Visit ArundelFederal.com for current rates and special offers and help keep it local. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Here's a nifty idea. When you grow and prosper, your community grows and prospers too. That's how it works when you bank at Arundel Federal Savings Bank. Keeping your money in the community. Arundel Federal only accepts deposits and lends right here in the state of Maryland. Your deposit might help finance a first home, help launch a new business, or send someone to college. Learn more at ArundelFederal.com. Arundel Federal, a Maryland community bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Hammerlock Hangover. I am Steve, and I'm joined as occasionally by my tag team partner in crime, and that's Jeff. Jeff, it's been a while. We, we have been uh, missing a couple weeks here, but here we are again. How are you? I'm fine. Uh, yeah, we, we did. We missed a, we missed a week. Um, you've missed more weeks, but I, I've had substitutes those other times. Uh, this week um, just didn't work out that way. Uh, but you're a very important elected official and uh, have real responsibilities, a public figure at this point. That's right. So, uh, but anybody who wanted to hear my thoughts on wrestling last week who otherwise don't listen to these shows already, I was on a number of shows on the PWC network where Hamalak Hangover is found. Maybe some of you already listened to it there, but you can find plenty of thoughts of mine from last week on many of the wrestling shows, including Dynamite, Rampage, uh, probably a SmackDown here or there, and sort of other stuff. That's right. And if you didn't hear Jeff on any of those places, you can definitely get all of his thoughts right here on Hammerlock Hangover as we're going to try and recap the biggest stories in professional wrestling and sports entertainment of the last two weeks. Jeff, we got Extreme Rules to talk about. We've got Ariel Hawani's interview or non-interview with Tony Khan to talk about. Shitty ratings. Adam Page being a man or not being a man. Um, Where would you like to start? Oh, the return of Bray Wyatt. Lots of stuff to talk about. Yeah, we've got Soraya cleared, not cleared. Then she's out of the country. We've got three title changes out there. I don't know. We've got Renee Paquette. We've got GCW. We've got all game sorts changer. of she's, she's She's a game changer in AEW. She, she may just be yet. Um, let's start with Extreme Rules, because that's going to cover a lot of WWE stuff. And Bray's return is sort of interwoven with that. So I think that's probably a good place to start all right let's talk about it let's let's not bury the lead here everybody's talking about the biggest news out of extreme rules which by the way was a really good premium live event i think it was one of the better 
shows, premium shows of the year. Some might say the best of the year. Jeff, your thoughts on Extreme Rules being the best of the year? Um, I didn't think it was anywhere near the best of the year, not even close, not by a long shot. I, I don't understand why it would be in the conversation, um, but it was okay. I mean, I enjoyed it. There were some, there were parts of it that were really good. There were parts of it that were not so good. Um, I don't think anything was was bad. I mean, I really enjoy these three, three and a half hour Saturday night PLEs. I mean, Peacock's with my cable system. It gives me what I'm doing for the night. It makes the next day easier. I don't have to listen to 17 podcasts recaps and participate in three of them on a Monday or late Sunday night. So, I mean, it's it's hard to be upset with it, but um, I mean, I will say that I thought that the Brawling Brutes Imperium match was spectacular. Um, that mm-hmm. was one of the most fun WWE wrestling matches I've seen maybe in years. Um, and certainly for the amount of chaos that was involved with it, it was choreographed and booked very well. So I thought that was an amazing way to start. Um, I don't really care about Judgment Day versus Edge, but the match was good, um, which is good because I'm not invested in the story. So uh, I actually enjoyed it. I thought the Riddle-Rollins match was good. It was a little bit underwhelming. I wanted them to kill each other a little bit more. Daniel Cormier with his, uh, I mean, he made Eddie Kingston look svelte. Um, Oof. Yeah. That, I don't know. That just didn't feel like a main event. I mean, I understand what the mechanics of the of the fight pit and removing the, the ropes and all that. You had to either decide to put it first or last. Um, mm-hmm. But it, you know, it, it lacked the spectacle. The women's matches, I didn't think were particularly good. Um, I didn't think they were terrible, but I, I didn't think that they were pay-per-view special. I got the, I knew one title would change, but I got which title wrong. So those are the two matches I got wrong. I got all the men's matches right. And the big disappointment for me was the cross-drew match. I, I really, and, and I've had a, I've had a while to to digest it, and I figured out what it was. I mean, one the the ending I thought was lazy, and I don't even mind the pepper spray. I just mind the way that they got to it. Um, but Cross wrestles too slowly, and I think that's fine when he's the big bruiser. But when he's fighting Drew, who's bigger than he is, and you know just as strong, if not stronger, I think he has to be more ferocious. And he doesn't. And he should have changed up his game, and he didn't. And so it, it looked like he was stalking prey, but his his prey wasn't an elephant. His prey was a grizzly bear. Um, so that that match didn't really work for me. But it, you know, it wasn't terrible. I, I mean, I liked it. It just it just lacked the the intensity uh, and the venom that I wanted from it. Yeah, I can see what you're saying there. Um, except like Cross comes across, uh, pun intended, I guess. Cross comes across as a very methodical figure, very um, well thought out. Every move is um, well constructed. And, you know, even the start of it where he kind of ambushes Drew without putting out the strap, that's, you know, well thought out. They they tussle, they, they fight outside the ring, they come back. Drew finds a way to put the strap back on him. I like the storytelling in the ring. I mean, strap matches are never my favorite, but this one was pretty good in my opinion. Um, I like the finish. I like the Ms. Elizabeth finish. 
of uh, her jumping in the middle of the way to uh, save her man. Um, just like Miss Elizabeth used to do all the time. Um, so And Sherry. I, I just wish that they would have gone a little bit further with that. Revealing Scarlet's clothes. Uh, absolutely. Well, I completely well, agree with you. <laughs> Wrong show, but not, oh, not inaccurate. No, I, I, like, that would have been a good... I mean, I think this is overused, but I think the kick in the nuts here would have been fine. And then Cross could have tied him up to the to the banister, to the ring post with the strap, and then she sprays him with the, with the pepper spray. I just think that that would have been or more more diabolical. And I understand what you mean about the, you know, he's a methodical and everything's planned out. And I, and I get that. But, you know, Mike Tyson said everyone has a plan until you get hit in the face. And I, I just think that his plan should have been to be medieval on it. I mean, obviously, it couldn't be a one-sided match. It, you had to make Drew look good also um, because he's still mm-hmm, one of your mm-hmm. top guys. But I, listen, I didn't hate the match. I just I just think that it could have been booked better. And if everything was the same but the ending was the way I had it, I probably would have been like, cool, good match. Um, but yeah, but I, I, I enjoyed the show. I just don't think it's in the conversation as one of the best. I mean, there there have been shows this year that, that I've been, you know, maybe some of them took me by surprise they overachieved, but, but there have been shows that I definitely enjoyed a lot more. So, I mean, but I haven't not enjoyed a WWE PLE this year. Watching the weekly shows are sometimes a chore, um, more raw than SmackDown, but mm-hmm. the, the PLEs okay. have all been good. I mean, some of them have overperformed grossly. Okay. All right. Um... I, I have an interesting idea to toss at you, but that's when we get talk about Crown Jewel um, in a few. I love the Bray years. ending. I'm sure you hated that because you hate the in spooky do stuff. I fucking hate Bray. I fuck. I, I hate all of it. I hate the fact that your your idea that you've been clamoring for. Look at you. You you look like you fucking won a won a marathon. This <laughs> is uh, he's doing cartwheels right now, guys. Um, the the idea of these funhouse guys actually. Turning into wrestlers, it's sickening to me. I, I have some good news for you, though. Maybe because yes. I'm hearing the Bray is allocated to SmackDown, uh-huh. and there's no way they're putting on SmackDown with four other people or five other people because there's Why SmackDown not? is crowded. Raw needs five other people on it. Raw needs needs that infusion of people on it. Um, that said, I know that they just trademarked two names that are sort of like, like sort of like Uncle Elmer, Cousin Junior kind of names, and <laughs> Vincent and Dutch from Ring of Honor, part of the Righteous and Horror Inc. Uh, were backstage. So I mean, yeah, it may not be Vincent, but it sure as shit is Dutch. Um, and for those of you who don't know Dutch, he's bigger than Brody Lee. He's also got an enormous belly, but he's got big arms too. He's got big muscular. He's a big, yeah. big. He's like a six foot six, three hundred and forty pound man, and he runs and he moves around. He does dives and shit like he's a cruiserweight. So um, he's he's Brody King. He's bigger than Brody King. Like I saw them a final battle right next to each other, and he made Brody King look. You know, not so big. I mean, Brody King's still big, but he he's much bigger than Brody King. Um, and Vincent's my guy. I mean, he was on Garden of Doom, the Horror King episode. Um, and Vincent basically is a skinny. He's a skinny Bray with a personality that's sort of almost like Seth's character sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, so I would be very excited about that. Um, and there's also when I heard the rumor of Vincent the last day or two, I thought of you because I know you had him on on Garden of Doom and. I 
I knew that you would like that signing. Um, I don't know Vincent from a hole in the wall. Um, and I sure as hell don't know. Uh, what's his name? Dutch. Right. Right. The only Dutch I know is that Ed O'Neill movie from uh, the early 90s. You know Dutch Mantel. I do know D- Dirty Dutch Mantel. You're right. I mean, um, I'm sure you were cheap date and went Dutch plenty of times. No, 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 no never that. Always never made that. them pay. The lady. I was about to say that the ladies always paid for me. Right. Um. Listen, I can respect that this was a loud pop. You you watched it. It didn't sound like a fake pop to me. But no, I saw the internet. People are crazy for this shit. People, I know people that were there live because it was in Philadelphia, and they said it was the loudest pop they've witnessed in a long time. That was like a WrestleMania-sized pop in that small arena. Um, but a lot of people online, they didn't stop people from saying, oh, the, the pop was, um, what is it, a... T- Tuned in. What do they go? What do they Piped in. Thank you. You know, I'm tired of that nonsense. I don't care. I, I've been to I've been to professional football games and professional sports and playing stadiums, and noise being piped in is normal for things like that. But I, I you know, it, it, it was electric. It was a great moment. You know, right. and then people say this is the greatest pop ever. No, it probably wasn't the greatest pop ever. Saying it's it was better than the punk pop. Why are people comparing which is a a, a pop? It, it's like a, it's like silly to, to me. You know, one's a return from a guy from seven years ago you never thought you would see again. Um, me, I don't care. Um, but I'm not going to deny that that was an electric pop in the moment of last year. And this was an awesome pop, too. I, I never, I'm not a Hardy Boys fan, especially not in 2017 or 2018. But when they showed up at WrestleMania, that was an enormous pop. I mean, that, great props. Pops yeah. in wrestling is something that everybody should celebrate, regardless of whether it's for their favorite thing or not, because energy is what this um, sport forum sport like uh, milieu is missing absolutely I completely concur with you um, so yeah I can respect Bray Wyatt's return uh, despite not liking this uh, elemental uh, bullshit any thoughts on him not returning as the fiend it seems like he comes back he is Bray Wyatt a lot of people speculated a the fiend it's hard to book he's supernatural hard to beat we saw that in full force one of the last matches that he had was versus seth rollins in that um hell in the cell where seth kind of had no you know he threw everything in the kitchen sink at him and still um i think short of having a gun and shooting him um it was tough to book yeah, there, there were some very strange booking decisions, and 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 WWE made it harder, and 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 they always made it at the Fiend's expense. That said, the the good news for you is that because he's on SmackDown, and I don't think they're necessarily going to have the Wyatt Six. I think the Wyatt Six at times may be actual characters and people, whether they ever leave the Funhouse or not, I'm not sure. But I think the Wyatt Six is all going to be Bray. I think he's going to play all the different characters and come out to different music. So yes, I do think we'll see The Fiend again, but I think it'll be how Finn Balor used to use the demon, like once in a while when he needs it. Huh, interesting. That's an interesting take. I haven't heard that. Um, A lot of people speculating the return of uh, Eric Redbeard. Uh, Mostly Eric Redbeard. (laughs) I've seen... (laughs) Please, guys, call me, please. I've I've seen uh, the likes of 
Alexa Bliss or Liv Morgan tossed around as Bo the Dallas female of the group. Dallas is coming back, you know, but apparently he's been working in the office. But, you know, of course, yeah, they said a, a former ECW star is going to be joined. I just figured it was Paul London because of the White Rabbit. No, it's I don't even remember the guy's name. I mean, the first thing I'm thinking, ECW, what ECW star is under 50? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> who, would, who would be? Uh, no, I can't remember. Tajiri. They bring in Tajiri. It, it, it's it's looked like a plain old Caucasian guy, so it's definitely not Tajiri. Oh, well. Maybe it could be, maybe it could be uh, Jimmy Wang. Uh, what was Jimmy Wang Yang? Jimmy yeah. With a, Jimmy with Wang Yang. Cowboy. So, yeah, That's right. Him. Cowboy shit. Real cowboy, cowboy shit right there. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, Jimmy Wang Yang never had to yell that he was a man. Jimmy I'm a man. Yang, yeah, ne- never wore cowboy pants from the five-year-old Will Rogers musical <laughs> Cowboy Cabaret collection. Oklahoma. Um, <laughs> it was way off Broadway. Hangman Page's segment and his wardrobe later, but sneak sneak preview. Jeff hated it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you're always just so passionate about uh, Adam Page's uh, wardrobe. His um, clothes are so stupid. I I swear to you, I think he's sabotaging himself. I think he's doing it on purpose to, to just see how how far he can go before people actually reject him. Do you do you think he needs a stylist? I think that he's talking to a stylist, and I think the stylist is giving him bad style advice. Oh my God! Um, what other extreme rules? You know, I you know I was pleasantly surprised by the Bailey Bianca match. I like the spot where um, Bailey puts. I, I've always joked around that like, why don't wrestlers use the ladder to pin down their opponent? And finally, here we see it. But yet Bianca shows another. Feet of strength, because that's what Bianca's good for, right? That and, you know, I'm, I'm not just saying she's good at just that, but, you know, if you've got it, flaunt it, right? So yeah. she, she pretty much bench presses Bailey and the uh, ladder and tosses her off. I like that spot. I also They're like the uh, ladders. I mean, they weigh 11 pounds. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Bailey's rear end is uh, anything but 11 pounds. I didn't like this match. I thought it was clunky and I hated how long it took for damage control to get involved and how weak they looked when they got involved. And when they did the double, what does she call it, the F5 or the F4 spot where Bianca picks the, the kiss up, of death, it, whatever it was, it took so long to set that thing up. Oh, no, that's because your friend, the, the sky princess couldn't set it up right. Well, I, I mean, well, then you give, then you give up and you move on to something else, but it was, it was a bad spot. And then Bailey unhinged something off of her brace like a like a boomerang like she's going to use as a weapon and she just throws to the side it, and I think that her. actually broke I, I don't think that that was me- meant to be a spot well it, well it took her 40 seconds to do it so she should have done something with it I don't I don't know maybe you're right um anyway I, I the the main thing about it is that I was go- going into this match that I didn't think Bailey should win but if damage control isn't going to be irreparably damaged if it had to mean something she had to win uh, and it was yeah, and she didn't um, so um, I actually think the right people won so I'm pleased because Ron I thought Liv would win because uh, you know they're sort of in love with her but apparently not they, they gave it to the killer um, so I, I mean I would actually like to see Ronda and Bianca so I'm not upset about the endings I just you know it's just damage control continues to you know sort of s- spin down the toilet bowl um, 
I mean, depending. I think that a little bit better. Depending how they, we'll get to Judgment Day in a second. Depending on how Survivor Series shakes out, I know that they weren't kind of go. They're breaking away from the uh, Survivor Series four on four, five on five uh, traditional match. But if it is like brand versus brand still, we might get Bianca versus Ronda for the first time. It's not supposed to be brand versus brand. I know, Um, but one can hope for one match. One one can hope, I suppose. Um, I don't know what they're going to do for for that, but... um, I don't know. I'm not impressed. I still think that the damage control needs something else. I mean, at least they're trying to explain now why they're together. It's a little bit late, but I still think they need some sort of connective tissue that can somehow make it all make sense. Um, I don't know who you find to do it, but someone like a Paul Heyman or MVP can come up with the idea and make it work. I agree. I think... um Damage control uh, needs uh, something, and that's to be let go. I, I don't see <laughs> well, Dakota Kai doing anything. I don't see. I told you, Eor Shirai is a snooze. It's I not don't need either of them. I don't think that. I, I disagree with you on Eor Shirai. She just has to be able to wrestle the way she's supposed to wrestle. But I mean, if the choice is damage control the way it is, or they go, I'd, I'd rather they go. I mean, I think I think right now Bailey is better without them than with them, which is not a great thing for a faction. Agreed. Um, speaking of factions, right? Going back to Bray Wyatt, you know, Bray Wyatt's got a faction. Uh, the Judgment Day uh, is a faction. Uh, New Day is a faction, but we're missing uh, the big man. Um, which I believe he's close to returning soon. Um, you've got the OC coming back, right? AJ Styles has a faction. Yippee. Are you seeing a trend here in Triple H's booking going, reverting back to the old days of everybody's got a posse, everybody's got a gang? Um, I think that's part of it. But the the one thing I, I think he's definitely doing is I think he's trying to correct what he thinks were past wrongs. So I think he's hiring people, even if he wouldn't otherwise do so, to sort of clear the, the karmic slate. And But I, I think the Good Brothers are garbage. I don't think they're interesting. I, I've never found them interesting. Uh, I don't want them here at all. I don't think the OC is interesting. I don't care that Finn and AJ formed you know, Bullet Club 900 years ago. Nobody cares. Um, but they re-signed long-term contract extensions and then like three and a half months later they're released you know and that was probably like their retirement money they're like this is our big money contract we finally made and then there it was all taken away from them really for nothing um and i don't feel bad for Micah and maria i don't think they should be rehired but if they do it's the same thing i mean they suck they've been talking a lot of smack but they just re-signed contracts and then they got released too um so i, I you know and, and all the people that we're hearing about i mean i think that I hope that Triple H takes the approach he took in NXT more recently, that you have six months to a year to show that you can get over on TV, that they're all getting an honest opportunity, but that he won't be afraid to release people because he's he's sort of in danger of having too many people. Uh, and, you know, I don't want WWE to be just an alternate to AEW where there's factions, factions everywhere. Um 
and I would like there to be factions of different sides. So I like that the bloodline right now is five, but you know I don't want to be thirty-two five-person factions or factions of seven or you know all groups of three. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd rather there be a little diversity in that. I like the idea of these factions because it does bring. Uh an opportunity for diversity in matches, right? You know, the long-standing criticism of Vince McMahon's booking was he books the same match for five consecutive Raws, and then it leads to a PLE event right. or a pay-per-view. Here, with all the factions, you can start matching, you know, different members of each other's factions to team up one week we might see you know let's use the active uh one that's going on right now that just started on monday which is the club versus the judgment day uh you can see before we even get to like aj versus finn balor we can see a mix of aj versus dom which you know everybody's excited for or the Good Brothers, a.k.a. the Proud Boys, versus because they, they debuted in, to help AJ. Did you find it odd that they, they come in to help AJ Styles? AJ, very widely known for his remarks on the gay community. The gay community. And they beat down two Latinos and the guy that stands up for pride. No, I didn't give any of that any thought whatsoever. <laughs> no, 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 none of that entered my mind in, in, no? in the least. But I, but I know what you're saying. You can get different permutations of the groups to yeah. have new matches. And you can also have them wrestle people who are not part of the feud, but you can have the other guys run in and do you know beatdowns backstage or interfere in matches. And it, it, it just makes it more interesting. It makes it a little yeah. bit less predictable. I mean, you know, in, in, in flare matches, you always knew that the, the horsemen – might get involved, probably would get involved. You never knew who or when exactly. Um, so, you know, it, yeah, stuff like that is fun. You just you just have to be careful not to overdo it. Um, but yeah, definitely new combinations of people would be a cool thing. I'm all for reforming the Hurt Business. Everybody knows that. That's no secret. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and, and I'm, I'm sort of in favor of this inter- more interaction between NXT and WWE. Though, though this, this week is obviously a gimmick, too, because they are there is a Tuesday night war coming up because uh, AEW is preempted by baseball or something, so they're on Tuesday night also. Oh, that's right. I didn't notice. I don't... I- did not re- recall that. I, I know that AEW was forced to move because of baseball, playoff yeah. baseball. But I forgot that they're going to go head to head with NXT again. I'm telling you, NXT is going to going to going to smash them. I don't think they are, but you know, I, it's the, oh, they're yeah, trying they to give us surprise. I mean, we know Sonya Deville is in one of the matches. Uh, Tony D is supposed to have a surprise to to wrestle the remaining stooge he's got that's disappointing him. Uh, Cameron Grimes is is supposedly going to get a tag team to you know uh, join his little group to help him fight off uh, Gacy and and the mean guys, uh, the Schism or Dyad or whatever they're calling themselves this week. I think there's a couple others where there's like going to be. Oh yeah, Cora Jade and um, uh, Roxanne Perez. There, they're going to pick their partners. One on one from Raw, one from SmackDown. Oh, so, love it. So yeah, why not? It, it, it's good whether whether or not it, it beats Trump. But uh, listen, I watched this week's Dynamite. 
It was not a bad show, but it was not it a was great awful. show. It, it was awful, Jeff. Yeah, You're being too kind. It, it was not... This is... I didn't feel bad at all about fast-forwarding through certain parts of matches and feeling like I was going to miss something. I just I just didn't... Like, for better or for worse, like, I think Sanjay Dutt is doing the production and the pacing of the show. So it actually is like a... It's actually like a TV show, not a car crash. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like if I don't really want to watch the whole thing live, I don't have to. And then this was the first week I actually took advantage of that. And I don't feel like I missed a thing. All right. Well, well, we'll continue talking about that as we get into NXT and AEW a little later on. Now, there were bad Anything? parts of Dynamite, but nothing unusually bad. It was just, unfortunately, it was reruns of bad stuff. It's it's all bad. It's all bad. I we'll get know into what it. you say is all bad. We got it's, it. It's all trash. It's all dumpster fire. I tuned in. I'll throw my rant later. Um, anything else from Extreme Rules to talk about? Ronda's your new SmackDown Women's Champion. I guess that's probably the only thing of, of uh, long-term consequence that came out of it, right? I saw a lot of people arguing that this should have been a quicker match, a, um, a more of a squash match. Um, I saw today that Ronda wanted to... Uh, she pitched the finish with Liv to, I guess, put Liv through a bunch of thumbtacks. And that got shut shot down. I heard Lego. I saw thumbtacks. Okay. Um, well, obviously she wanted to use something else, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't know that that would have made it any more of a squash. I don't think that that match needed thumbtacks or Lego or anything else. It, it was fine. I mean, Liv isn't that good. <laughs> and no, nobody believes that she can beat Ronda in any circumstance. There's just not enough suspension of disbelief for that. So, not even with a bat? Yeah, the bat sequences I really didn't like. You know, like, if, if a bat's not really going to, like, kill you, don't use a bat. You Use the kendo sticks or, like, practice swords or something. Yeah. She did look like she whacked um, Ronda a couple times with the bat, and it looked like she was paddling her, not really hitting her with a bat. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's talk about Monday Night Raw. You know, uh, uh, Jeff is recording from a, a, a soup kitchen, so that's why you hear all the yeah, kitchen. I'm always back. feeding the poor. <laughs> let's talk about Monday Night Raw. Um, big things happened on Monday Night Raw. We had the return of the OC, the Proud Boys, which we just talked about. <laughs> we also had the return of Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar comes out to... Uh, manhandle our boy Bobby Lashley and this leads to Bobby Lashley losing the United States title to one Seth Rollins before I ask you about Bobby Lashley I want to get your take on Seth Rollins a lot of people Tuesday morning bitching saying that Seth Rollins has not taken nothing but L's recently and he took an L at the end of Extreme Rules in that fight pit, and yet he gets rewarded with a U.S. title match, and then wins said U.S. title match. Is there any issue? Is there any legitimate issues with that? I mean, it's professional wrestling, which is scripted, so no, not really. But 
I didn't. I don't like it either as a story. I think that he should have had a little bit more momentum, which which is why the stipulation in the first place seemed tricky to me when it was very clear he had to lose the fight pit match, or Riddle would have been, you know, uh, hurt more in this. Um, but the way they did it, I mean, it's semi-clever if what I think is going to happen is going to happen, which is that it's going to be Brock and Lashley in Saudi Arabia, and Lashley will get his win back. Uh, and I think at some point, Seth's going to go back to being a face because people just won't boo him, and Lashley can go back to being a heel. And MVP's been tweeting a lot about, this never happened when I was around, and I, I think maybe uh, almost... You know, getting involved, you know, and MVP, you know, gives protects Brock. Not that he really needs it; it doesn't matter. He can just come back whenever he wants, um, and you know, put Lashley back into. The Baltimore Symphony Orchestra presents Get Out in Concert. When Chris, a young black man, joins his girlfriend on a trip to her white parents' estate, a seemingly normal weekend getaway develops into a series of events he could have never imagined. Join the BSO as they perform the music from the award-winning thriller. While the movie plays on the big screen, immerse yourself in Jordan Peele's sinister and thought-provoking film on October 29th and 30th at the Joseph Meyerhoff Symphony Hall. Get your tickets today at bsomusic.org. By now, you've probably seen ads about water contamination at Camp Lejeune everywhere on TV, social media, and probably even following you around on the internet. The water at Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune was contaminated with toxic chemicals for more than three decades. It is not rare for people who drank this water for an extended period of time to develop severe illness, including kidney cancer, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, leukemia, liver cancer, bladder cancer, birth defects, Parkinson's, and more. A new law called the PACT Act allows victims of poisoned water to seek repayment for their medical costs. What those other ads don't tell you is that because the PACT Act is a fresh law, it is important to find an attorney who understands the new claims forms. There is limited time to file your Camp Lejeune claim, so you need a lawyer who can get it right the first time. The experienced team of attorneys at SickMarine.com is ready to file your claim. They will fight for you and won't take no for an answer. To file your claim and to have your case prioritized, sign up at SickMarine.com. You know, a contendership spot with whomever's there, whatever title is there. So it's okay. I mean, Seth hasn't had a title in a while. And, you know, he he has taken a lot of L's this year, but he's... he's you know, he's definitely done his work. He's definitely so you can't say he doesn't deserve it. But storyline, no, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. You know, I've said it uh, time and time again that if you pay your dues, usually I say that this was um, if you did the favors for Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon will pay you back. So you saw him do what he did with Bobby Lashley two, three years ago. He does the Lana, you know, shtick, and then gets rewarded with a world title. Um, you know, you look at um, The Miz does, been doing great work and gets a second world title match and a second a second world title run, albeit a short one, but he still gets rewarded as now a two-time world champion. Um, let's talk about Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins has been doing the favors for Cody Rhodes three times in a row. Um, here he is putting over Riddle. And Seth's been doing great work the last year. I think some of the greatest work that he's done, and that's saying a lot because... 
throughout the pandemic, I think Seth was, you know, I know you disagree with me, but Seth has been killing it. And I think the U.S. title is a satisfactory reward for a job well done. Your thoughts? Well, I, I said them earlier. I, so the only thing I'll add that's different is that when Seth Rollins had the U.S. title a few years ago and he did the Open Challenge, that was some of the best work Seth Rollins has done, and that was the best that the U.S. title felt in a bit. And, you know, then they've diminished it since, and I know that Triple H wants to increase these uh, mid-card titles, especially while there's the two champions, but I think generally going forward so that they're considered prizes and, and you know, something of prestige. So, listen, I... Do I love it? No. Do I ever love it when Bobby loses? No. But is it okay? It's fine. It's it, 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 it's wrestling. It's okay. It's okay. You, you know, he uh, Brock, you know, sandbagged him, um, you know, and, and that's going to be the, the, you know, a fun match for Saudi Arabia. And, you know, what, what can I say? I, I don't have a lot of strong feelings on this. It, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Um, and I'm just happy that it that it wasn't because Ali got involved and cost one of them the match, and then hit, mm-hmm. and then Ali would be featured because I think Ali is a minor player and, and should remain as such. Yes, um, I like I like that Brock and Lashley are doing business again. Um, I'm I'm skeptical that they would. Let Lashley get the win back. I think the reason they let him drop the belt to Seth was because Brock is going to go over in Crown Jewel. Um, I think Lashley needs to get over on Brock um, so he can kind of pass the torch. Um, Speaking of Crown Jewel, I've got an interesting proposition for you. Oh, yeah? So, you know that the Crown Prince... He kind of gets to book whatever he wants um, as long as the talent he requests is still alive. I'm not really sure how much input he has on the show. I know he makes requests as to who he wants to be there. Uh I don't know that he books the, the matches or the results. Right. Okay, so he does have influence in saying, I want so-and-so added, or so-and-so there. Yes. The Undertaker, Brock, Miz, Maurice, whatever. It's definitely not Maurice. (laughs) So, let me ask you this. Given the fact that Vince McMahon is the former president and CEO of WWE they've shared meals together, had dinner together what if Triple H and Stephanie are confronted with the crown prince asking for Vince McMahon to be there do they say yes or do they say no if that were to happen they would say no but it's not going to happen because the crown prince, above all else, is a tactician and a politician and a statesman. And he knows what's what's going on. He's aware of 
publicly traded companies and all of that stuff. He was educated. I'm pretty sure he went to Wharton uh, or Oxford, you know, and he understands that you cannot resign, retire under those circumstances and then just show up on a major show. He, he, he wouldn't even ask it. It wouldn't even come up. He'll ask, how is your father regards to your father-in-law where we, we, yes, we wish and we wish we could see him, something like that. But that, that'll be it. Would you be surprised if he shows up at Crown Jewel? Or not, not, even, not, even, not even on the card, but let's say we see pictures backstage of the talent having, you know, that big meal with the, with the Crown Prince and the royal family. What if we see Vince sitting there next to Triple H and Stephanie? It, it, and it's, it's in the new Vincent Kennedy McMahon Arena and Hotel. Oh, I would love it <laughs> for, for expats. <laughs> That's right. Sure. Whatever. I think I think there's a strong possibility we see the return of Vince McMahon here. I think there's a weak possibility of that. There's a stronger possibility, and this is going to hurt you, that you're going to see Jonah. Oh, no, fuck that. Uh, oh, I, yeah, they're talking you, about you, Jonah coming back. He's been they, pulled from New, New Japan Strong Cards. Listen, that's probably because they know he's trash. So He'd make, he'd make a perfectly good Huskus the Pig. Oh, no, no, no. Why, 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 why do you put that out there into the ether? Stop. Because you were talking stupid stuff, and you deserve it. I was not talking stupid stuff. That's one of the highest rated episodes because the people agree with me. No. Why are you shaking your head? I, I don't even. How know many? How many? How many Jonah shirts do you own, Jeff? All of them. No, you don't. There's zero, zero, zero uh, Jonah shirts. That's exactly right. That's how many shirts he has. <laughs> um, judgment, judgment Day. I love Dom. I love Rhea. I love all of it. I, I can't. I can't get enough. I, I really hope Jeff that this angle ends with live sex in the middle of the ring. The, only if it's live sex with two other people and he has to watch. And oh they, they're not going far enough with this thing. He needs to be on a leash. He needs to be in a gym submission outfit. He needs to, like, whenever, before he does anything, he has, needs to ask her for permission. Like, they're not going full throttle enough. This is, this is, it's just hollow. It's just him against Ray who cares that's going to be boring in two weeks and then it's just dominant I don't, yeah. see I don't think it's going to be boring because I don't think you've seen that in wrestling yet like we've seen the angle of like jealous um, husband or boyfriend brothers. brothers we've seen that but what we've never seen is the son betraying we've seen the son betray the father we've seen that yeah, but not because of a girl. Hey, Dad, she loves me. I I don't care what you have to say. And and then Dom punches him in the face. I think if they start kind of leaning into that a little more, there's still some juice left to squeeze out of that lemon. A little and a little. It would make more sense if Ray was involved with Rhea on, on screen before that, but but it's not. But you know who's going to come rescue Ray? Bandito, who was rumored to have signed with AEW, but didn't sign with <laughs> AEW because he got off from WWE. And, and, and as of uh, recording time, he's, his, his whereabouts are still unknown. He's still in parts unknown. Oh, my God. He's, I love he's, it. I- he's hiding up. He's holed up in his Bandito lair. 
Bandito. Bandito's not going to tell you where he is. He's not going to tell you where he strikes. Well, he might tell me. Listen, let me do one thing before I forget it, because we missed a week, and I like to say it's another week and another person leaves Impact. But I've got two weeks to go, but Impact doesn't disappoint. So it's another week, and... Someone else has left the impact. But this week, it's Mia Yim, Mike Bennett, Maria Canellis, Vincent, and I'm not even. <laughs> what? So five people. I had three. We missed a week, and I still have a margin of error of three. But Chris Bay resigned. Woohoo. <laughs> I, see, that one I don't understand. I if, if, if Triple H can't get his hands on Swerve because Swerve is stuck in AW. Chris Bay is an I mean sure there's Carmelo Hayes but what Chris Bay is just as talented. No he's not. Chris Chris Bay is a Chris yes, Bay is a is. midget. Carmelo Hayes is what? so much better than Chris. Oh my god. Chris, Chris Bay is maybe 20% bigger than Leo Rush. No he's not. Stop he's a teensy tiny guy. I promise that is you. That's so rude. Oh my and he's, god. And he's also if you Follow him on Twitter. He clearly is struggling with mental illness, and we don't need any more of that. He's the most broody, depressed guy I've ever seen. This is coming. This is coming from a guy that tweets at a conversation to himself. I will see you. I, I see you like respond to tweets uh-huh. as one profile. I don't know what you mean. And then you respond to your own tweet. You with the have, other profile. You obviously have me confused with somebody else. No, it, you have. You are Icarus FLMD, right? Yes. And you are evil dose. You can't prove that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I saw that earlier this week, and I'm like, has has Jeff lost? Like, I leave this guy for a week, and now he's he's. Talking to himself. It's just wild. This is slander. Jeff, you not been paying attention to the news. You see what happens to slanders. You want to end up with Alex Jones. (laughs) Jeff, um, Matt Taven is rumored to be be a person of interest for WWE. That's awesome. Why? Why indeed? I, I can't give you an answer. Oh, you want me to give you some answers? He's a reasonably well-trained wrestler. He's TV trained. He won't hurt anybody. And he's supposed to be a nice guy. Beyond that, I couldn't tell you why. They already have a bunch of these tall, lanky guys. Maybe that's why. Maybe it's because the tall, lanky guys aren't working out so well. Maybe they want him. They want, like, Duke Hudson and Grayson Waller. And, and who's the other jabron that's down there that's basically built the same way? Oh, Jensen. Maybe they want those clowns to work with him and, and see how a tall, lanky guy should work in wrestling. Um, but beyond that, I mean, I would see him as an NXT player, not a straight to the um, main roster. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Taven is a guy. He's a worker. Uh, if you need a jobber class, he'd be fine for a jobber class. Uh, I mean, it's Matt Taven. He's a Melvin. Do we want to see Mia Yim back in WWE? I do 
not. I, I've never thought she knows she's never impressed me particularly as a worker. I think they've got a glut of women on the top part of the card, and I think they've got a glut of women in the mid and bottom part of the card. They have like a never ending supply of pretty good female wrestlers in NXT. There's like too many of them. So, no, I don't think they need to bring in anyone outside at all. The only thing that might make sense would be somebody who's sort of tied to both Finn Balor and AJ Styles and the Good Brothers that has some impact slash um, Japan combination uh, to be the woman to counter Rhea. That, that's about the only outside addition that I would be in favor of besides like somebody who's a star or like I'd like to see Mickey James get, you know, another two years in WWE, make a little bit of money or like Camille, who I think could be a star past that, you know, unless it's Jade Cargill, I'm not interested. Who who could be that girl uh, for the Bullet Club to sign? Well, the only one I can think of, and that doesn't mean this is the only one there is. As far as I know, she's under contract to, to AEW, and I don't know how long it is, but that's Serena Deep. Mm. Was she, she? I mean, she has. She wasn't really like officially part of the club, was she? No, but she worked. Remember, she was part of the Straight Edge Society with Festus Doc Gallows. Ah, so that's the connection. So there's that, and everybody knows her, and she's trained with everybody, and so you know she probably worked with Finn when he was in NXT, and you know, all of that stuff. I mean, it's close enough. Uh, I, I don't know enough Japanese female wrestlers to know if there was any interaction. Plus. Until recently, there hasn't been any interaction between male wrestling and female wrestling in New Japan or Japan period. So, um, you know, and I mean, Mia Yim was an impact, but I don't think that she ever crossed paths with any of those guys. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I mean, the Good Brothers, sure, recently, but not not uh, not. What, Finn and what about AJ. what about Karen Jarrett? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure she really wrestles. Oh, Velvet Sky? Oh God, Velvet Sky said something today. What she? Oh, she. She was. She was talking smack about Dixie, which is fine. No, not Velvet Sky. Vel, I don't think Velvet Sky can can wrestle anymore. But you know what? The other beautiful uh, people. I mean, Angelina Love is probably basically a free agent, so she makes sense. At least more sense than than no one else. You know, some mm-hmm. of the others. Doesn't Karen Angle? Wasn't Karen Angle with a uh, storyline with AJ with AJ Styles? Yes. Well, I don't know Karen Jarrett, but uh, Karen Angle know. at the same time. I, I don't. I don't know. But you need a wrestler. Who was the one with the baby? Who was the one with the fake baby? I don't know. You, you, but you need someone who can wrestle with Rhea. You, you, not, not not someone who's fifty two years old and is going to trip and fall. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who could be uh, the the woman to go up against Rhea. I think uh, it would be a good spot for um, Z- uh, Zia Lee. It'd um, be cool, but she's Chinese, so I don't know what the comment is. I mean, it would be good for Asuka. Um, nah, Asuka. No, Asuka's already on her own. Um, you know, no, no, e- Eeyore Shirai, would, this would have been the spot to put her in. Yeah, or you, know, you could do that, or maybe this is a place for Lacey Evans if you want to rehabilitate her. Oh my God! Yes, yes, yes. Big, That's it. Muscular blonde bombshells, you know, laying hands. Oh my God! Yes. Oh, 
Just, I'm going to drop my pants just thinking about this right now. Okay, good. That's it's, terrific. It's, this is it's perfect for for Lacey Evans. She's she fits that whole insurrection January sixth thing perfectly. I think you're really confusing the Good Brothers with the Forgotten Sons. No, I'm I'm almost certain <laughs> the the Good Brothers are giving me a a vibe recently of of they're not too far from. Listen. January 6th. I, I'm proud to say I don't know much about the Good Brothers except the Carl Anderson whines a lot. So beyond that, people say they're funny. I don't know. I never watched their South Pole wrestling night. So maybe oh, right. I, I love no it. Um, let's see. What else? What else do we got? Um, can we can we applaud Sami Zayn? Sami Zayn on Raw, not Raw, Raw and SmackDown for yeah. for that that matter. I mean, Sami Zayn. Were you surprised that he got like the biggest pop on Monday night? No, he's been brilliant. This this whole thing has been brilliant. It it, it it's great. I just I just hope they don't make them explode too soon. This I'm loving this. I'm I'm loving this whole interaction. I'm la- I'm loving Jimmy laughing. I'm loving Solo having Sammy's back, but still you know trying to keep the straight face. Uh, I mean, you know I I love that we don't know what Roman's going to say. He's going to say, Sammy, you said you were going to take care of it. And you didn't. That's gonna go. And then Jay's gonna get all, you know, full of himself. He's go. But Jay, I told you to make sure he wins. And then he's going. Yeah, but he told me to to leave it alone. And he's gonna be like, enough. I told you to make sure he wins. I mean, right. it's going to be something like that, but it could go the other way too. But I, I think that's the way it's going to go. They're going to, you know, sow the seeds of discontent with Jay for a while until eventually, um, you know, fam blood becomes thicker than water and they just all turn on Sammy. Yep. Yep. It's, it's bound to happen, but I'm enjoying the ride thus far. Like, <laughs> do you think he ad libs the word Usi? And when was yes. the last time that you felt that you weren't acting a little Usi? I'm not sure that I've ever been cool enough to be considered Usi. Wow. I, I think there, there's plenty of times I would consider you Usi on this show. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, maybe you should put what Usi is a do, definition do, of it in the sh- in the show notes. Do you do you feel um, the same way about me? I don't know what it is. I don't know what Usi means. <laughs> Usi means brotherly. Like, you know, you're not acting brotherly because that's what well, the news is, right? I wasn't sure. I know Usi is like brother, but Usi, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm like, you know, it could be like one of those things where fat doesn't mean fat. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that Sammy, Sammy's like, I just need you to be, uh, I need you to be like, and then he goes off, you know, like, like. Like Jimmy, I need you to be like solo. I just need you to be cool, man. Just be, be cool. cool. Can you be cool? Like, <laughs> he's not cool. It's not he's, no. He's, like stop, stop being a cool. D. I feel you know, this. They, they I feel did a couple this good so things on WWE this week. I mean, LA Knight is back. I don't know if they're going to explain why Maxine Dupree was his sister and now maybe isn't, or maybe still is, and why they have different names. But you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, the DX reunion was sort of exactly what I thought it was going to be. It made me chuckle in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sophomore humor, but I like sophomore humor, and there wasn't too much of it. Uh, yeah, I thought it was mm-hmm. cleverly done. 
they made people wait two hours and 55 minutes just for them to do their little shtick in, in the, you know, in the, at the end of the show. Uh, but I guess what else were you expecting a bunch of 56-year-olds to do? Yep. I mean, that or go to sleep, right? Yeah, Tony Khan wouldn't let Billy Gunn go there. He's too busy being scissored. What a dick, right? Do you think, like, Billy Gunn gives a fuck, or do you think Billy Gunn is is another shot at morale? Like, you could have been cool, Tony, but you chose not to. I think Billy Gunn cares, but I don't think it's... I I, I think he's smart enough to know that, you know, that it wasn't expected that he would be allowed to go there. Maybe he thought he'd get a video. I mean, I'm sure it bothers him, but I don't think it's one of those things that sticks in his craw, because I think they take care of him pretty well. Yeah, yeah. What else from WWE uh, should we talk about? From WWE. Let's see. Uh, We got Zoe and Nikita, number one contenders. uh, After defeating Toxic Attraction. Veer keeps approaching Sangha, and Sangha looks interested. So Veer and Sangha looks like they're going to team up. Um Vic and McKenzie uh, got married. Alicia Fox is engaged to some musician named Mike Fitzgerald. Uh, Tony D'Angelo's injury turns out to be real. It seems like it's going to be another four weeks. Bobby Roode went under surgery. Um, and there's concern over Randy Orton's back surgery. Uh, also, on an interesting note, the makers of the WWE 2K uh, video game lost the, tar- the, the tattoo artist's suit uh, regarding the tattoos in that game, which was interesting. We talked about this case at some length. Um, But they lost, but the tattoo artist was only given damages of $3,750. That's how much value they attributed the profits of the game got from this particular tattoo. How they attributed that, I don't know, but that's sort of a little bit more than nominal damages, probably didn't even cover attorney's fees. Um, I, even with the low result, I wouldn't be surprised if the makers don't uh, appeal it just because the precedent is, is so bad for the gaming industry, or they'll just stop doing tattoos altogether, uh, you know, on... Or just or just change the tattoos. Put a, put a big cow too. tattoo on it. Like... But, and this is I not just for wrestling, it's for, you know, basketball games, football games, and, and boxing, anywhere where people, you know, UFC, anywhere where the the it's a real character who's got a real tattoo. But, you know, I, 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 I recall Randy Orton's tattoos are like, you know, a bunch of skulls. But if you were to change it, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't even pay attention. Like, for years, I would look at the big show's tattoo of it was like a tiger or something like a Bengal tiger on the side You'd be like that's an interesting choice but whatever if you were playing this the big show and the tattoos like of a bear nobody's gonna give a fuck nobody cares that's true nobody's gonna be like let me return this fucking game right now like no nobody's that dumb and even then, there's there's tattoos you can get in every single tattoo parlor. The big deal is that this was like Randy Orton like commissioned this to be like custom made. But anyway, it's it's that that's where the case is now. I wouldn't be surprised if it was appealed, but it's sort of what you sometimes call a theoric victory, where the you lost more than you gained in getting your victory. So yeah. That, so we'll, I want to we'll go see, back. But, I want to go go back to some of these NXT main roster returns. Oh, okay. Um, 
NXT, right? Um, so you started off with saying Song is back in NXT. Song is talking Veer. to. Sorry, thank you. Veer. Veer's talking to Sanga. Uh, Veer wasn't really hitting in the main roster. They didn't really have anything for him. So they move him back to NXT where he can kind of look like the big man, work as a tag team. Well, he he might not be moving back to NXT. He might have recruited Sangha and he's bringing maybe he's bringing him back to the main roster. They are trying to rebuild the tag team division. Could be either. They are very good point, Jeff. I like the idea of again this being a fluid roster, right? Mm-hmm. People can come down, people can go up. Yeah. Um, on on maybe for a cup of coffee, we hear that in professional sports, mostly in baseball. Uh, and I and like the cool idea. showing you covered for Mandy on NXT because, you know, one, they, they used to be a tag team, but Mandy's brother, who was 40, passed away about a week ago or a week and a half ago, so that's why they sort of right after the show, so Sonya's stepping in, and she addressed it. She said, yeah, I know me and Mandy have had our differences, but she's still my best friend, so I mean... That that's was, right, you know. and, there, and and that's exactly what I said to some people that were like, this doesn't make any sense. It's like, if you know that these two ladies are BFFs in real life, that they had their before this whole Vince McMahon slicing and dicing of the um, YouTube content. These two gals had their own YouTube show where they would just try donuts and different types of food as they were traveling around the earth, the, uh, you know, the world together. So it made perfect sense to me when I saw her, um, I like it. I, I wish that they would do more of it, right? I wish that some of these people that they're not doing stuff with on the main roster, Dana Brooke, um, they would move back down to NXT for a little bit and try them out seasonally. I also like going back to the conversation about um, factions that we were having earlier. I also like the idea of giving people time off. Let's take Charlotte, for instance. Charlotte... Um, we haven't seen for now, what, three, four months since WrestleMania, right? Yeah, at least, yeah. And rumor has it now that, sh- you know, Ronda has the title that it's bound that Charlotte will be coming for Ronda Rousey. I don't know. Yep. But when Charlotte does reappear, she's going to get a monster pop. Okay. On Charlotte, but not exactly on wrestling. You have Disney Plus, right? Yes. Okay, and you've got kids, so undoubtedly you've gone to the the Disney menu and you've seen the movie, the the you know the banner for Hocus Pocus two. Yes. And in the middle is Bette Midler, and on one side is someone I'm not sure, and the other, I guess it's supposed to be Sarah Jessica Parker, but it looks exactly like Charlotte down to the mall. Oh my god, you're so rude. Uh, this this is, is, you'll see so it. You can rude. never unsee it again. I'm like, you're so rude. For, for, for five minutes, I'm like, did Charlotte, was Charlotte Flair in this movie? I mean, I think I would have heard that. <laughs> Charlotte Flair is, I, I think Charlotte Flair would be, um, um, she would appreciate that you're comparing her to Sarah Jessica Parker. Eh, probably not age-wise, but eh, but that's a witch. So speaking of movies, um, Edge got a, a role. He's in the um, the Percy Jackson uh, series. Yeah, they're, they're making they're making it into a TV show, which I'm really glad because yeah. my kids love Percy Jackson, and and the movies fucked everything up. 
and he's going to be Ares, the god of war. So it's probably going to be a recurring part. And I don't know if this has been canceled or not. Or it was just delayed because of COVID. But last I heard, he was also cast in um, a spinoff of the show Vikings to follow the Icelandic um, oh. um, settlements. So he might be working on two shows. So his part-time schedule might get more part-time. That's great. That's great. You know, I in in similar news, I heard that Christian Cage was uh, just cast to the unemployment line. <laughs> now he's still employed, but uh, he's he's, really? he's still doing MJF's promos, even though MJF is back. Oh. Um. Yeah. So <coughs> NXT is doing great. Great. <coughs> I, I like what do you do you have any preference you know since we last spoke NXT kind of changed logos from, from the paint splotches to back to NXT black and gold but with the new it's logo it's not black and gold it, it's like gold and white with a little black. I mean I do prefer this to the Nickelodeon, you know, uh, spray paint, you know, balloon colors, happy, happy party. I, I never really liked that. I, but I really, but I did like the addition of color. So it's, it's, you know, it's not grungy and dark and grimy like old NXT was. I think it's a good compromise. As far as the show content itself, it's exactly the same as regular NXT 2.0, except they imported over seven or eight people from UK to sort of give them more of that indie feel. But, uh, you know, it, it, it has hits and misses, but it's it's a pretty palatable show. And there are some things that are just great, like the Kiana James character and her whole thing. It's it's so porn level of acting that it's fantastic. It's just great. <laughs> I mean, just everything yep. about it is great. Um, you know, some of the wrestling is fun. I like Briggs. I don't like Jensen. He does nothing for me, but I don't know. Like Julius Creed can't act worth a worth shit. Oh and Roderick God, Strong. That, that, watching Roderick was painful. And I would have rather seen Roderick get neck surgery than heard him speak. I mean, <laughs> I was terrible, but I don't know. They, they, they've got a lot going on in NXT. Um, so They do, but I feel like it's and they're trending up right in the ratings. They're they're moving up and they were up against baseball and still didn't take a dip. We're going to talk about AW's dip in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm vibing. I like the new NXT. I like, again, this is what captures my interest is if I tune into NXT and I see a bunch of new faces, I'm, I'm tuned out. But if I see Sonya. The Baltimore Symphony Orchestra presents Get Out in Concert. When Chris, a young black man, joins his girlfriend on a trip to her white parents' estate, a seemingly normal weekend getaway develops into a series of events he could have never imagined. Join the VSO as they perform the music from the award-winning thriller. While the movie plays on the big screen, immerse yourself in Jordan Peele's sinister and thought-provoking film on October 29th and 30th at the Joseph Meyerhoff Symphony Hall. Get your tickets today at bsomusic.org. By now, you've probably seen ads about the water contamination at Camp Lejeune everywhere. People who got sick after drinking that toxic water are now able to seek repayment for their medical costs because of a new law, the PACT Act. What those other ads don't tell you is that because the PACT Act is a fresh law, it's important to find an attorney who understands the new claims forms. There is a limited time to file your Camp Lejeune claim, so you need a lawyer who can get it right the first time. The experienced team of attorneys at SickMarine.com is ready to file your claim. They will fight for you, and they won't take no for an answer. Sign up at SickMarine.com. 
I'm I'm staying tuned in. If I see Veer, I'm staying tuned in. If I see any of these, you know, main roster talents coming back, I'm I'm watching. And what and I'm sticking around to watch. But you can also see people grow. Like Carmelo Anthony's he had it right away. And you know me, I don't like anyone that's not, you know, you know, six foot two, let alone five seven. But I liked him right away. I couldn't deny that he had the charisma, the look, the swag, right. he's a heel, he's a face, it all works. But then they paired him with Trick Williams, who was this skinny beanpole of a guy. Sure he could talk, but he was a skinny beanpole. Well, He's been working. He's been working, and he's still slim, but he's thick. You can see his chest has gone bigger. His arms have gone bigger. He's working. You can see it. So he's still got the charisma and the gift of gab, and he can still move, and he doesn't mind taking L's when he has to. So, you know, that's an act that can have legs for a long time. I think the Creeds have something. I think Ivy Nile has something. There's a lot of women there. I mean, Tiffany Stratton we haven't seen in a while, but she's oh. really good. Nikita Lyons yeah. is really good. Um, yep. I think Ariana what do you think Grace? about what do you think about Nikita Lyons and um, what's her name Small Face Zoe Stark your favorite yeah Zoe oh. Stark I think they make sense as a team because I really think that Zoe Stark is there to train her I think she's there to be the coach the ring general she's there to mm-hmm. get her that makes sense that makes sense do you think it was the right call to make them champs well they're not champs yet Oh, I thought they won. I thought they were became the champion, the tag champs. Now I think that's happening at uh, Halloween Havoc. Ah, oh, got it. See, I think I think KNK Dance Factory are, are still the champs, um, and I think it's probably going to be a three way with uh, Toxic Attraction, who were obviously main roster bound. Um, no, I, I think there's a lot of interesting things going on there, and and, and strangely enough, it's mostly the women. But but Miracle. Mir- I think that Braun Breaker is actually slowly getting better. He's starting to emote. His facial expressions are different. He's less stiff. He's starting to show a little bit of personality and getting comfortable with it. Uh, I think maybe having the relationship with Cora is helping him. Not Sometimes it hurts, but I think it's helping him. He's a little bit more relaxed. He's having a little bit more fun. Um, I don't know. And, and listen, I don't dig a lot of the British guys, but, you know... Ilya Dragunov, we know he can work. J.D. McDonough is starting to sort of grow on me as creepy. He's still too small for me to take him seriously, but as an antagonist, as someone who can screw up matches and screw up plans and and be in the middle of something in in a triple threat or a fatal four-way, yeah, I could get behind that. And, you know, Gallus is suspended. They'll come back at exactly the wrong time, which means the right time. Um... I don't know why they separate Last Legend from Pretty Deadly. That was a great combination. Uh, there, there was some. They were. They were actually fun together. Apart, I don't like either of them together. It was magic. I, I don't understand. Um, but thing about NXT is that I think people need to accept that in a year and a half, you won't see sixty-five percent of these people probably anywhere, but you know, certainly not in WWE. Now, I'm not interested in, in security guard Hank. I have zero interest in Quincy Elliott. Um, uh, Quincy Elliott seems to be very over. Everybody loves Quincy Elliott. Well, everybody except me, and I'm used to standing alone, but I think that people are pretending that they like Quincy Elliott. I don't think they really do. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Listen, it's the man boobs. I do not like the man boobs, and they're not just man boobs; they are like, like <laughs> walrus-like man boobs. 
but come on, there shouldn't be any body shaming nowadays. Like uh, Roxanne Jack, Perez is the same size as one of his man boobs. Our champion uh, champions can look like anybody. I don't think so. I disagree. <laughs> I just I mean, looked that's this for up, Tony Khan. I'm talking to you, Orange Cats, so that you waste a pulp. Oh, I, I, I'm looking at this. Um, list of champions on NXT, and apparently the women's champions are Katana Chance and Caden Carter. K&K Dance Factory. There you go. We've got the power! Wow. You 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 took me back 30 years right there. I'm getting, I'm getting, getting kind of hectic. <laughs> um, anything else NXT related to talk about before we uh, go to uh, the trash bin? I mean, NXT sorry. related. Yeah, I don't think so. I just, I mean, I actually wrote down NXT 3.0. It's not much different than 2.0. So it's, and I don't think that's a bad thing. That's, I'm not, I'm not saying that in a bad way because I liked NXT 2.0. Uh, so I'm fairly happy. I mean, we should talk about the at least mention the commentary team. Oh know, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's talk about that. What what are your thoughts on the the reasoning for switching up all the commentary teams? Kevin Patrick sucks. I can't stand the fucking guy. Agree. He's he's horrible. I I it's not even the accent, but I think it is the accent. Um it's, it's the it's, smiling with the accent. It's just I but Byron used to do the same shit, but I could take Byron. Is Byron despite being buff as all like being the mini rock? He, he's always been portrayed as a dork. So, no, yeah, I, I, Kevin doesn't do it for me. And Byron, as an interviewer, he doesn't have the charisma. But I, I'm, I'm working on various theories in my mind. One, of course, always involves former Quinn McKay, hyphen Lippman, Kelly Kincaid. Move her up, get a little personality there. But Hit Row, I think, has been a flop. It probably will continue to be a flop. But B-Fab has something. B-Fab has charisma. Now, I don't think she can be a wrestler, but she's got the gift of gab, and she moves cool. I think she could be a backstage interviewer or have, like, a show like a Miz TV kind of thing. And it can't be any worse than Miz TV. I mean, it won't be Piper's Pit, but I, I, I think that I think there's something there. there, there there's I mean, some she sort of- was... She did have that role for uh, not the fight pit, Raw Underground for a bit. You're right. She that's was, right. She did. Yeah. <clears throat> she was Brianna Brandy or something like that. Yeah, something like that. I mean, I thought Jimmy Smith was fine. Um, he was much better than so. that non Burke, but I don't think he was I great. So too. But yeah, but I thought he was fine. But it's here's the thing. When Pat McAfee joined SmackDown, everything got better on SmackDown. Like, it it was such a joy. And they have to find someone like that. And Wade Barrett, I think, is doing a great job of it as well. I hope when Pat comes back, they move Wade to Raw. Um, And I think that would help. But I I think Raw would benefit from a third person because there's three hours. You need some some more voices. And, yeah, yeah. And Kevin, so get, let me get the, let me get this straight. Kevin, Pat- Kevin Patrick is not the fucking guy. With you, I I, I like the idea of switching up um, Wade Barrett to Raw. Wade Barrett is a really good heel um, color mm-hmm. commentator. Yeah, but and so Corey cannot be there with Wade. Corey right. is on SmackDown with Michael Cole. It's fine. They've worked together before. And so 
Ross should be Wade Barrett and who? Because if it's it, it's got to be somebody else. Who's the straight man to, to Wade Barrett? I don't know yet, but uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's Byron or Kevin. That that's the thing. Uh, I'm pretty and sure Jimmy's coming pa- back because he he's already buried the company ever since he left. And it, no, he didn't. He cleaned that up. But um, uh, Renee Paquette, is, we know, is not it. Yeah, but she wasn't good on commentary. She's a great backstage. She, when was. she was on commentary. She was okay. Um, I don't know. I, I think that they should try out some people. I mean, I wouldn't mind if they like brought Carmella there and had her and Corey interact with with Michael Cole on that. That that could add a little something. That's not raw. I realize that. I I sort of don't get Booker T on NXT, so I'm thinking maybe they're get, just getting him used to being in that seat, and then maybe they'll move him up to Raw because Booker T is a more main roster kind of flavor. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think Booker T is good for for making things sound more exciting. Like I even heard him like do the Shucky Ducky thing, and I was yeah. immediately like, "All right, you got me. You you hooked me, uh, Booker." And again, Booker's one of those old guys that if you tune in, you're like, oh, Booker T's on commentary. Oh, I'll watch for a little bit. I, I like the addition of Booker. I just don't, didn't get the NXT part of it. But I, I, mean, I don't have a problem with him. I'm just trying to think of how to make Raw better. Um, because I think Raw is more important than NXT, you know, you know to, to keep people entertained. I don't know who the right person is, to be honest with you. Hmm. Is is Jim Ross the right person? Bringing back Jim Ross, good old Jr. Not, not anymore. I mean, Jerry Lawler might be closer to it than than Jim Ross. Oof. Oof. All right. I mean, maybe JBL, but apparently they're going to have him turn Baron Corbin into an oil Baron, pun intended. What about uh, uh, Kathy Kelly? She Who's she Kathy came Kelly? back the ba- the backstage uh, announcer. She used to date Finn Balor for for a minute. Um, the dark haired one. She did I, a lot with digital. Um, I'd give her a try. I mean, I, I would love to see Charlie Caruso back. I thought she was really good. Uh, Char- yeah, but Charlie's in ESPN. She's doing way better. Mm-hmm. I would give I would give Kathy Kelly. I mean, I think there should be a female on all the commentary teams anyway. And K- Kayla filled in the uh, the Charlie Caruso um, spot. Kayla's cool. Kayla, I like Kayla. I mean, it's especially funny with Paul Heyman, though, because, you know, there's that, it is. There's that bizarre reverse sexual tension where Paul's like, why are you always following me? <laughs> right. right. Well, it should be and, the cr- uh, creepy, sweaty, fat guy that's following her. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um. Speaking of uh, creepy, sweaty, fat guys, a lot of them were very excited at the beginning of AEW this past Wednesday night because of the latest signing, and that is, drumroll please, Renee Paquette. Yeah. Game changer, without a doubt. Right, Jeff? Game changer, no, but listen, we like Renee. She's joining her husband. He signed a five-year contract. He's exclusive to AEW and their international partners, which means New Japan and presumably AAA, but not none of this indie shit anymore. So he had to drop the GCW title to Nick Gage. Oh, no. Um, 
So there you go. Do you think that? Do you think? I know Canadian uh, fans are a little bit on the slower end. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they were really like marking out at the beginning of the show, not because they heard Renee Paquette was debuting, but they thought it was Renee Dupree? Uh, I thought it was Renee Goulet. Or Renee Goulet. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. or or maybe the third Rougeau, Rene Rougeau. But yeah, that actually. I think the, one of the Rougeaus was backstage. So yeah, that, that was probably it. Um, and I'm assuming that Tony Khan did his usual pre-show, you know, rev up and gave everyone a free, you know, Grand Coke. So. <laughs> Do you think that uh, Tony Khan started the show by telling everybody that he's a man? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. He probably had the same pants, too. By the way, I, I, you know, we we missed the week together. So, I, you know, I, I mean, I think it's just appropriate that we, you know, just say R.I.P. Antonio Inoki and Sarah Lee. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. I would have totally forgotten that. Jeff, yeah. going back to um, the shit show that is AEW, um, I, I want, let's just... You cut to you the mean chase the brutally here. low ticket sales? Like they've only sold like 10% of the tickets for full gear so far? You mean like no, I don't even want to talk about that. Uh, okay. we, we've got plenty of time for that. What I want to talk about is Adam Page, Moxley. First off, Moxley's there. Moxley looks like uh, he's definitely, I don't want to say he's back on the sauce, but, you know, um, there's got to be a reason why Renee's there. I mean, got to babysit two babies if you ask me. Um, so you've got Moxley there and you've got Adam Page and he comes out with the same shtick that he's been saying for the last two to three years. You cannot talk about Adam Page without painting the picture of what Adam Page was wearing. Okay, you go ahead. You do that and then I'll talk about why Adam Page's promo despite what internet people are saying, was a piece of shit. Okay. So for the last four weeks, of three of those appearances, Adam Page has been wearing ridiculous things. So one week he wore jeans with butterflies on his jeans. Another week he wore a pink Dolly Parton shirt, which is fine, but then his jeans had pink rose piping down the sides of them to match with the shirt, which, you know, come on. Then last night he comes out with his Buckshot Lariat shirt tucked into jeans that had sparkly tinsels, tassels coming from the sides, but also like cowboy stars on the front, like a kid's costume would have with tassels coming off of the stars. So it, it, it's like if if you were a five-year-old and you were raised on the Will Rogers cabaret or Roy Rogers shows or some sort of musical cowboy thing, like most of you probably don't even know what these references are. Like if you thought Howdy Doody was a cowboy, this is what this is what you think a cowboy would. But the dude was born in 1991 or 1992 because he says he's 31. Um, and he looks ridiculous. Take it from there because, base, you know, basically Moxie's in there, you know, calling him out. 
You know, he's talking about how not everyone's built to be a champion. Some crack under the pressure, some quicker than others, which was obviously a, a hit at Punk, but could have also been a hit at Page because he also said earlier, you can't be anxious, you can't be ambivalent, you need to be aggressive and ruthless. Um, you know, and then Adam Page did his little promo, and it's Kermit the Frog voice. That like, you know, you know, yeah, he he doubted himself, and and yeah, he tried to go after the trio's titles and failed, and and all of his friends in the Dark Order, they, they seem to be disappearing one by one, and all of his other friends, they've disappeared too, but he's not backing down because he's a man and he wants respect, and he starts punching himself in the head, and he actually drew blood on his own head, and I hope he can cuss himself the dumbass for doing that, um. He actually, while he's being a man, he's actually acting like a petulant child. And Moxley's just looking at him and going, yeah, I think you're a kid. But meanwhile, AEW does the typical AEW thing. And when you're supposed to have the heroic promo to get the guy over, they can't leave anything alone because they overbook. So they have to take, a, in the middle of his promo twice, they, they put a spotlight in the bleachers, in the suites. And there's MJF sitting there with his chip, making it be known that he can cash in any time and he's enjoying he's eating popcorn and he's doing his job but it, it was sort of like walking over Wardlow's sunshine now they're walking over Adam Page's sunshine they, they keep doing this they just can't let two things be especially with the MJF stuff that's going on where he it's like almost like they're teasing a face turn for MJF almost like he's conflicted like it's, it's not exactly clear what he wants to be which is interesting the most of the AEW interesting stories are MJF um, sometimes only only his stories are the interesting ones but this the, the, it really overshadowed whatever Adam Page was trying to do whether you liked it or not I, I thought it was I, I don't think it helped him any between his outfit and his behavior um, and I think he did look like a kid and like Moxie's only like four years older than him but you know acted like he was 20 years older than him uh, maybe sure that's he, the story maybe that's the story that they're trying to go for Jeff that, that Adam Page is still immature or premature to be champion but I don't know. You 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 spent so much time telling the story of how this man fell off the wagon. I'm talking about Adam Page, not Moxley. Right. That he fell off the wagon after being tag team champs with Kenny Omega and he felt uh, stifled by his betrayal that he went down a uh, you know rabbit hole, a, a downward spiral of grief and depression and sadness and couldn't find his way up until a whole fucking year later and the Dark Order, like the Seven Dwarves, help Snow White's, you know defeat the Wicked Witch and regain the AEW title, regain his his pride and and for what? For him to lose the title to Punk to lose face and then what? Stand across from John Moxley to tell the same fucking story, Jeff. He says, I'm 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 old, I can't sleep at night, my friends have left me, you just said that. I'm I'm anxious. I'm an insomniac. I don't need to hear that shit from my fucking uh, cowboy shit champion or former champion. Like, what the fuck was this promo, Jeff? He has to scream out, I'm a man. Like, like, 
like you you reminded me of of Austin Powers when when he goes up to the random uh, woman and he starts pulling her hair and he goes, "You're a man, baby. You're a man." Like it's that only Adam Page is calling himself a man, but he's not a man. And and then it's funny because today, you know, I, I don't want to get all political on this show, but I think it's funny because. During this January 6th uh, trial thing, commission, whatever the fuck you want to call it, you got a video of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi backstage. And I don't know if you've seen this. I know you follow politics, Jeff, but I don't know if you've seen this video of Nancy Pelosi being told that Trump has been informed by the Secret Service to not go to the Capitol. And Nancy Pelosi says, and is recorded, this is on video, she said, I wish he would come down here so I can punch him in the fucking face. She doesn't scream out, I'm a man. She doesn't have to. And it's just a juxtaposition of... If you're about it, you are about it. You don't have to say that you're hardcore. You just are hardcore. You don't have to say that you're a man. You just act like one. Be brave. Do shit. But this guy is a bum. I can't get behind Adam Page. Jeff, what? Maybe it's because I'm not this, um, I don't know, a borderline millennial or or the next generation after millennial. Is it? I, I don't get it. I don't get why this is people rally behind this. I saw so many tweets today. I I feel exactly what he said. I'm angry and I'm anxious and I'm all this. What? What? What are you doing? <laughs> Living in your mom's basement? Shut the fuck up. You don't you can't even get a job. You know how I know? Cuz everybody's looking for fucking people to work. This is ridiculous, Jeff. Why is this guy the champion or going after a championship or the guy that people want to idolize? I don't get it. Well, I, I think that you sort of do. You just don't like it. It's that he's just like them. They they think they're men in their angst and they're embracing their weakness as a strength and a badge of honor. But I know what you're saying. Adam Page didn't seem like a cowboy going out there. Not to use too many TV references and, and you know, taking one that's current and one that's not so current, but everyone should know it. When Adam Page goes out there, it should feel like John Dutton's going out there or Casey Dutton from Yellowstone. It's a man going out there. You, you never, you, you don't right. have to say it's a man because you know it's a man. Instead or of John Wayne, Clint Eastwood, somebody. Instead, it feels like Chandler Bing is going from Friends is going out there with a with with the you know cowboy hat like the one Kurt Angle wore on Raw twenty five years ago, uh, you know, in, in a little costume and trying to convince you that he's a man and if he needs to fight, he'll fight. And as, uh, Adam Page doesn't feel authentic. If you had him as a millennial computer programmer, but he was taking Muay Thai and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and thought he was tough, that would be. A more convincing character than him as a cowboy. I think you're absolutely right. I think that's what it is. Like he reminds me of to to 
call back the show that leads into AEW is no. I, is, I, I, I want to tell you who he reminds you of. He reminds you of Tony Khan if he was getting into a fight. Oh my God, you're absolutely right. This is exactly what he reminds. I can see Tony Khan verbatim yelling this in backstage mm-hmm. and stomping his foot like he does, and 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 with this petulant child of throwing his fists down uh, just like, I'm a man! How dare Ariel Hawani treat me like this! I'm a man! I'm a man! You're an idiot! But you were going to say Leonard Hofstetter, and that one's been wrong either. That I, I thought that exact same thing, Jeff. That I'm watching Adam Page, but no, I'm not really watching Adam Page. I'm watching Tony Khan. Yeah. I'm watching Tony Khan throw a fit anytime Triple H one up some. Alistair Black wants to leave. CM Punk wants to leave. Kenny Omega doesn't want anything to do with him. Cody Rhodes left. All of it. I'm a man. I know what I'm doing. No, you don't. No. You fucking don't. You, you forgot yeah. one. You forgot Andrade, who clearly is do, trying to do everything. Oh, my God. Fired and the whole thing with Guevara. You missed it last week. I fucking love that story, Jeff. I love the fact. Like, listen, I love Sammy Guevara. And as a Latino, it's Hispanic Heritage Month. I don't want to hear stories of my Latino brothers fighting with one another. But Sammy Guevara has got to be a monstrous prick at this point. The guy, he's on easy street. All he has to do is just continue laying pipe on Tay, and you're one of the four fucking pillars of AEW. Shut the fuck up and just go out there and do your Sammy Guevara bullshit. But no, that's not good enough for this idiot. He's got to go out and get in fights with, get into Eddie Kingston's face. How beneath you is that to go fucking after Eddie Kingston? Second, now you got Andrade fucking angry with you. And Andrade's somebody where you don't want to fuck with. And he learned the hard way. That's, he learned the fucking hard way because Andrade is a real son of a bitch. He's a real cowboy. He's a real man. He didn't have to tell Sammy, just soy hombre. He just, Punched him in the face. <laughs> and and so kudos to you, Andrade. Now I understand why Charlotte lets you in all kinds of places. Kudos to you, Andrade. You are the Including real man. the premiere of Hocus Pocus 2. <laughs> Including the premiere of Hocus Pocus 2. Like, I, what is wrong? What is wrong with this man? Andrade should be the world champion by now. I don't know. All I know is that... Half the time that there's any sort of drama, Guevara's half the time, three quarters of the time, he's right in the center of it. Uh, and I guarantee with the rest of it, he's probably not too far away. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Can we talk about, have you heard this Ariel Hawani interview with T- Tony Khan? Yeah, I, I mean, I heard part of it. I also heard uh, the criticism afterwards, and I heard Ariel's rebuttal on uh, the J- the Josh Nason podcast today. Why do you go on an interview with Ariel Hawani? Ariel Hawani, for those of you that are uninitiated or unknown or living under a rock, he is a legitimate sports interviewer. He started out interviewing in the UFC as a backstage uh, commentator, blogger, and and has rose through the ranks. He's worked for ESPN. He currently works for, I think, BT Sports, who, yes, is an affiliate of WWE. But 
he's well, he also works for a company that is owned by Discovery Warner Brothers. So right, and so he is. He can be very down the middle, and that gets him in hot water sometimes. But that's what a good journalist does and interviewer does. And he does. He's, he's done really good interviews with Triple H lately, Seth Rollins. And Tony Khan had an opportunity here to show a side of himself, to actually look like a leader, to actually showcase AEW in a legitimate fashion. And instead, he shat all over this opportunity. He was asked basic questions about what happened with CM Punk. He says, no comment. Ariel, like any good interviewer would, doubles down and asks again. He kind of comes around another way and asks it another way. How do you feel about CM Punk and what happened in that in that con- press conference? No comment. It's, it's a legal situation. Okay, it's a legal situation. Let's talk about the elite. Are we going to see them again in the future? I don't want to say. Why not, Tony? Why not? Like, what's the big fucking secret? This is not under legal wraps that you can't say whether the Young Bucks will show up or not show up. Unless there's real drama. Unless, unless the Young Bucks are pissed off that you suspended them. And they're now thinking of not coming back. But even like non-legal shit, Jeff, we're talking about just the MJF. And MJF is under contract. MJF just re-signed. So Ariel asks him, what yeah, about I, MJF? I, All of that I shit. Want- Go ahead. He can't even fucking answer that shit. Jeff, this man sat down with Tony Khan for 70 fucking minutes and Tony Khan didn't give him shit. All he wanted to do is put over his, his, his shitty wares, Danny Garcia, Lee Johnson, the other fucking Uter, and, and that's it. Like, nobody gives a shit about that, Tony Khan. People want to hear about the fucking melee, the fucking backstage thing, the muffins. We want to hear about that shit. That's why the 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 the... Dynamite after the fracas was the highest rated dynamite in the last eight months. Yeah. Tony thought he was going on a promotional interview instead of an actual interview interview. And he didn't. Um, And I listened to the whole thing. And there were parts of it where he sounded fine, intelligent. He was doing corporate speak. There were plenty of times where he said a lot of words that didn't actually mean anything, but I I can respect that. But yeah, there were times when, you know, even when he should have said no comment, he would say, I appreciate that you asked the question, but I don't want to answer you. Like, it it was even like, he like had this like silly answer that he came up with. He he sounded, you know, sort sort of silly, but you're right about the MJF stuff. I mean, as far as we know, it's all resolved. You can say, you say, yeah, that that was tough, but we worked it out, and then you know we we've made adjustments to the contract, and the parties are happy for now, and you know when when and we're continuing to negotiate. Uh, that, that's it. It's not giving away the farm. It's just right. telling people what they what they you know already thought, and you know not saying if anything was a work or a shoot or whatever. Um, right, and I can understand that too. Like Jeff, if you want to just stay in kayfabe. Answer the fucking question in kayfabe. I don't give a fuck. Just answer the question. He's obviously on the TV screen. You're obviously about to make him the world champion. So obviously things are cool now. 
But he couldn't even answer that. He couldn't even answer. Hey, Cody Rhodes just left. And now you saw him at WrestleMania get this epic return, like to WWE. What are your feelings on that? No comment. Yeah, you could, you no, could even say, I'm, I'm really happy that Cody's getting the reception. Right. He's a hard worker. He's very valuable. He's one of the founding fathers of AAW. Sorry, couldn't work out with us, but, you know, uh, I'm glad we're enjoying, he's enjoying his success. And, you know, uh, you know, wh- whatever happened in the past, I'm rooting for him. Just, just, and, just, and, and, and you know what? The door's always open, Cody. You can always come back. Something like that. No, I mean, the, the, the interview was, it was, it was not great. I think he's used to controlling everything. The Baltimore Symphony Orchestra presents Get Out in Concert. When Chris, a young black man, joins his girlfriend on a trip to her white parents' estate, a seemingly normal weekend getaway develops into a series of events he could have never imagined. Join the BSO as they perform the music from the award-winning thriller. While the movie plays on the big screen, immerse yourself in Jordan Peele's sinister and thought-provoking film on October 29th and 30th at the Joseph Meyerhoff Symphony Hall. Get your tickets today at bsomusic.org. Do you dream of owning a home, but feel like it's just out of reach? If only you had perfect credit or a big down payment. At First National Bank, we believe homeownership is for everyone. That's why we offer affordable options for all budgets with one-on-one support from a home loan expert who's in your neighborhood and in your corner. Get started at fmb-online.com slash own it or your local FMB. FMB member FDIC equal housing lender NMLS number 766529 thing and he didn't he he sounded he sounds bad and he sounded dopey during parts of it and you know i think i think you would do a better job jeff you should just he send an email after this is done after we're recording and i'll pretend to be send, why don't you just send him a tweet and say tony i offer you know you you know how you go on the show and you're always like i offer my services for free mm-hmm. offer to do all his interviews for for Mindy's cupcakes. For Mindy's cupcakes, without a doubt. For Mindy's muffins, go ahead. You Trying should, to get you one happen. There you go. I yeah. think this is an amicable uh, resolution. It's it's been a. I mean, there's there's a, some rumor circulating around that somebody is threatening legal action or not cooperating with some investigation and that somebody has to be CM Punk because who who else would it be and who else has the resources to do it and the history to do that so I I sort of respect how someone can talk but you can give an answer like there's ongoing legal issues there's an ongoing investigation I really can't comment on it our outside law firm that's investigated told me not to comment on it and our corporate counsel has told me not to comment on it so I wish I could I can't when I can you'll be my you know, you'll be on my list of calls. Anyway, it's been a weird week for old Tony. I mean, Chris Jericho had a week on on social media again, talking about himself. Jake Roberts went on social media saying, basically regurgitating that, you know, that some people there didn't take any advice. And, so, you know, again, sort of another shot at Adam Page. And... There was some more news about the bots, but still there's no results of that investigation either. The the investigation that Tony was going to commission on on the alleged bots, so that hasn't happened either. Um, there was also something that didn't get a lot of coverage, and I think it's because it only lasted a day or so. 
Now, there was something with Kanye West who had an anti-Semitic diatribe on Twitter. I can't say any more about it because I didn't read it. I don't know what it's all about. I'm blissfully not involved in social media and don't don't follow much pop culture unless it involves superhero movies almost directly. Um, but I saw MJF comment on it, sort of out of character, which was weird. Uh, and then Girl on Cinema got involved with it. And that was weird, too. And she's like saying, well, why are you talking about it when you can donate? And I'm donating. And here's where a link to donate. And he's mad about it because he's a Jew and she can't understand why he's mad. The whole thing was just weird. And and I'm surprised it didn't get more legs because they're both so polarizing and they're both so public. But it only lasted about six hours. But I think I'm relieved about that. But I, I can't. I'm not even doing it justice. It was just. It, it's just people have to check it out. It's just. It was just like a weird, strange exchange. But there were some horrible comments that MJF was getting. I, I'm surprised he didn't use more of them uh, in his promo on Dynamite. But um, what what is I, uh, was MJF going back and forth with uh, Girl on Cinema? Well, also with other people, like, you know, he was getting really, you know, he was getting like comments from people like, oh, the Jew boy is crying. And I kept going back to about seven months ago when I'm saying that promo's that promo's going to bite you in, in, in the ass. And I don't know if that promo, you know had anything to do with you know, anti-Semites being anti-Semites. I mean, there's there's not necessarily a direct correlation, but I don't know. It was like the exact same term, but it's not exactly a, a hard term. Anyway, uh, people should check that out. Let's know what they think. Um, little bitty on, on AW, Dan Lambert also said he's not working with them anymore because he felt like he was getting stale. Take that for what it's worth. Um, I think we need to talk about Soraya, though. Soraya shows up. Is she cleared? The next week she speaks. The next week she's in a corner. But then she gets into some fisticuffs with with, uh, Britt Baker. And uh, I think she does a super kick or a thrust kick to to, uh, Jamie Hayter. And then this week she's gone. Apparently she had to go to Britain for something, some personal problem. Um, But it's like, you know, all of a sudden she's there and then she's gone. And, you know, and, you know, it, it, it was just... You know, if she had a personal problem, there's nothing you can do about it. But it just it just seemed like a weird time to not have her on again because mm-hmm. you know they're clearly building to something. But instead, we get another rando tag team with Tony Storm with yet another tag team partner against Britt Baker and, and Jamie Hader, and you know for no apparent reason. Um, and in more bizarre stuff, Nyla Rose stole the WTBS belt. Not that she won it by cheating. She actually, while Eddie Guerrero, Eddie, while Vicky Guerrero, Eddie, that would have been quite a distraction. While Vicky was, was annoying people from the stage and Jade was looking at her, Nyla Rose actually grabbed the belt off the table and ran away. And now she's going to defend it against Anna J.A.S., which is even more bizarre, but more bizarre stuff on Dynamite. Okay. So, private parties' contracts are still in flux. Matt Hardy's still trying to get them. Uh, Team Andrade still wants to keep them, though Andrade's not anywhere nearby. Um, But the firm is... Stokely and Ethan Page are there. They want to get Private Party. For what reason, I don't know. They've had no success. So apparently the firm purchased the contract from 
Andrade. So there's no more AFO. It's the firm that owns the contracts of private party. But if Ethan Page defeats Matt Hardy, the firm gets private party's contracts and Matt Hardy's contract. Why anyone want him, I don't know. But if Matt Hardy wins, private party's free to go. They, they can work with Matt Hardy. So more of all this nonsense and the firm. In the same episode, MJF criticizes Stokely Hathaway again and says, you're on two strikes and daddy's not going to pay you anymore for three strikes. I'm going to have to fire you. And he called him Cartland Banks wearing wardrobe and Stokely Hathaway walked away. So there's, you know, is MJF a face? Is he a heel? He cut like a Roddy Piper. You hate me. I hate me too, but I have to be the bad guy to win kind of promo, which wasn't bad, but it's weird. Um, mm-hmm. So what else Jeff, did they did, do? Did, did, did they ever resolve why Stokely took the chip and then gave it to MJF? Well, uh, no, but I, the inference is, is that they were paid to do just that. But the thing is now, apparently the firm is co-run by Ethan Page and Stokely Hathaway. It's not that Ethan Page is a member of the firm. They co-run it together all of a sudden, which was explained nowhere. What else of, of weirdness happened? Uh, you you ask? So in, in yeah. addition to what else all of weirdness happened? Yeah, in addition to all of that, uh, we had the story where Guevara left the inner circle, but then it turned out he didn't really leave the inner circle, and there was a swerve, and he rejoined the inner circle, and everybody was happy, except they did it with Garcia this time, and and Pinnacle. So they reran the same exact story with the same exact swerve, which, by the way, they did with Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker like five weeks ago, and to the uninitiated, some people are saying the same thing with Luchasaurus, so I've always maintained he never returned face. He was just, it was just some diabolical gold rubric uh, scheme of Christians. But anyway, the, the same exact story again with, with Dan, Danny Garcia uh, turning on Daniel Bryan. And we also got Ward Joe again coming out. QT Marshall is insulting them because their name is not clever. Like the factory's clever. It's named after the the damn gym that he owns. Um, And then Prince Nana and the embassy come out. The factory disappears. So it's three against two, but then FTR come out. So now it's four against three. Um, But they're going to have a match. And the match is going to involve Wardlow? No, it's going to involve Samoa Joe, the, the Ring of Honor ring, TV champion, because you know he's the TV champion. FTR is the Ring of Honor tag team champions. The Embassy is part of Ring of Honor. No, 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 not Samoa Joe. They are bringing back Sean Spears up the perfect <laughs> end. So the, the pinnacle is back sans NJF uh, altogether. And last we saw Sean Spears with Wardlow, he was getting you know the symphony uh, powerbomb symphonies and they were hitting each other with belts and chairs and mm-hmm. things like that mm-hmm. but now no, no mention of that now, now all is good and it's going to be Sean Spears and FTR against the embassy which I presume Sean Spears is back to look at lights again which is his role um, there's probably other weird <laughs> stuff that happened in Dynamite but I can't even remember uh, Jeff um, before we move on from this I, I saw you very critical of Wardlow's booking. You want to just elaborate that on a little bit? 
I, I mean, I think anyone who's been listening to the show or any show, really, I mean, because I, th- I think this is one thing that it's universally been panned. I mean, basically, he had his great ascension over as can be. And then the next night was the thing with MJF, where his promo overshadowed Wardlow's thing entirely. And then they did that stupid stuff with Mark Sterling, who keeps buying trademarks and, and threatening to sue teams for using things they were using before. I mean, that's not how trademarks work. <laughs> nobody cares about it but it's not that entertaining let me just assure the world if you were using something in commerce before just because someone trademarks it later doesn't mean that you can't use it anymore um, and you don't have to turn over all your profits and shit to them that's not infringement infringement doesn't work backwards it only works perspective <laughs> anyway but that out of the way uh, it's wrestling so it doesn't really matter but it's a stupid story because they, they just did it um, alright so then Wardlow has this thing with Mark Sterling, smart Mark Sterling, and the security guards, which was stupid. And then you have him in a bunch of mixed tags. Uh, and and then you have him, like, you know, have a couple singles matches. So, you, you know, Nick Namath, a couple of others like that that don't really matter. I think maybe Tony Nese was in there at some point. Then he has an okay match with Brian Cage last week. And then you put him back in, in the tag teams with Warjo, and he's not on, he's not defending the TNT title, which was a pretty important title for a while. But he's not defending on, on I think, like two pay-per-views in a row. And he's constantly in these six-man tag team matches with, with really no connective tissue uh, with them. And and Joe is the one that's more over. Joe overshadows everyone he's with. Wardlow right. comes out and he gets polite applause. Joe comes out and everyone's like, Joe, 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 Joe. And that's a mistake. I mean, it's great that everyone loves Joe, but put Joe with some schlub that you want to be something. Um, you know, and, and let Wardlow be your Goldberg, but he's not even getting the Goldberg pop anymore because everyone's expecting Joe. So it, it's he's, just... And he's cooled of, off. Yeah, they've, they've <laughs> deluded him terribly. I mean, and it's not like, you know, Tony Storm who, you know, cooled herself off and nobody cares about her. Um, it, it, the people were solid. They want to be behind Wardlow. They like the, the Powerbomb Symphony. It's just, they, they're just doing dumb things with it. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Like, give him like a Madcap Moss type. Someone who's, who you want to get over, but is not going to overshadow him. It's just... It makes no sense. And and again, you had a guy that was really, really hot and you you cooled him off. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised with all the shit that we've heard from uh, backstage shenanigans um, and this um, these executive vice presidents. I wouldn't be surprised if some one of them got jealous that Wardlow, a guy that hasn't really paid his his dues um, on the indie scene was starting to get over in a natural way and that spooked them and they put the hit on his push and squashed him and now just kind of not 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 Perver- I mean, proverbially squashed him. They just shelved him and let him cool off. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's a mistake. But I will always go back to when confused and the big guy is not being used properly to go back to my mantra about AEW, that AEW has big men only to make little men look good. So I'll just I'll just stick with that. That's the only that's that's. 
the only thing they know. That's the only thing that's been consistent with their booking other than reruns, inconsistency, and gimmicks. There is some AEW news over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, stories have been coming out that AEW has been withholding injury info. Duh. Half the roster is injured. We don't know what their injuries are, especially concussions. You know, he, even Dave, Dave Meltzer acknowledged a couple times that nobody knows how bad Adam Cole's concussion is, just that it's bad, and nobody knows when or if he'll be back. Uh, half the female roster is out with respective injuries. Um, some other semi-related business news uh, Discovery Warner Brothers owns the Cartoon Network they announced today or yesterday that the Cartoon Network is going to be no more they're going to consolidate it with like Warner Brothers Animation okay more consolidation you know cost savings etc and then there was news that AEW was removed from Discovery Warner Brothers uh, network called Space uh, Space is a network that, that runs Spanish speaking AEW in Central America Mexico all of South America except for Brazil, maybe Suriname also the Portuguese countries and the Caribbean so the only way those folks can get them is through Fight TV now people try and spend it, well AEW decided they make more money from Fight TV than from cable or TV. No, they don't. They make pennies. They're one of a million different products on Fight TV. Nobody makes more money from these streaming services than cable. So, sorry, it's just not true. It's not a positive. In positive news, though, for AEW, coming from Discovery Warner Brothers, they, they did say that they're very happy with the performance of Dynamite and they want to work with more scripted show content with AEW. AEW talent, so like roads to the top or like the Baltimore Symphony Orchestra presents Get Out in Concert. When Chris, a young black man, joins his girlfriend on a trip to her white parents' estate, a seemingly normal weekend getaway develops into a series of events he could have never imagined. Join the BSO as they perform the music from the award-winning thriller while the movie plays on the big screen. Immerse yourself in Jordan Peele's sinister and thought-provoking film on October 29th and 30th at the Joseph Meyerhoff Symphony Hall. Get your tickets today at bsomusic.org. Want a great way to recognize your employees? Check out Custom Inc. Have you ever thought about doing something special for your customers? Custom Inc. can do that too. And wouldn't your team love some custom gear? Custom Inc. is ready. Custom Inc. is your go-to custom gear partner with great customer service, quality products, and all-in pricing along with personalized help when you need it and an easy-to-use website when you don't. Plus, everything is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Check out what we can do for your business at custominc.com. Mr. And Mrs. Miz or somebody doing a game show thing. Ironically, they also are, are keeping ties with Brandy Rhodes. They're talking to her to see if she's interested in working with them on stuff like that. But it is the first positive thing I've heard from Discovery Warner Brothers directly about AEW and building around them. But they said dynamite. They didn't say rampage. They didn't say battle of the belts. And I don't think that was an accident. Um, All right. One semi-interesting thing about WWE. Jeff, hold, hold on a second. Yeah. Jeff, do you think it's any uh, uh, worth to note that Discovery, Warner Brothers Discovery, made it um, very clear that they didn't want, they wanted more programming, but it wasn't in-ring programming. It was extra programming like 
out of the ring programming, entertainment based programming. Do you think that this was their way of saying you guys are a sloppy shop, but we want something more like roads to the top because you guys we don't want more wrestling. You guys do that well on Wednesday night and we don't want to give you more 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 of that leash. But maybe a Miz and Mrs. adjacent like show, sure. I mean, I'm not sure about the sloppy shop part of it or not, and I, I don't want to diminish it because there's been other people who said sort of the same thing as you. But I mean, I, I think that they do want more reality shows. They're cheap. They can they can market the you know they can cross market. They can cross brand maybe across different nights. Who knows? Uh, it's it's cheap for them, but it's a lot of money for the for the talent involved. And these you know if they're successful, they they can be you know on forever. Um, so who knows? In any event, it's 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 the first thing that I could see from Discovery Warner Brothers that is objectively a positive for AW. Um, the thing I was building to earlier is that it's interesting that the Good Brothers are with WWE because Carl Anderson is the current New Japan never open weight champion, and apparently Triple H is letting him defend it at least once, which means he'll probably lose it and come back. Uh, that doesn't mean there's any sort of working relationship with WWE and New Japan, but this is something that that used to be done fairly frequently, like in the 80s and the 70s, but not recently, not with WWE anyway. Um, so it's interesting. I don't know if they're, if it's just Triple H being a, a good guy, you know, or, or what, but, you know, who knows? It, it, it's a it's a it's a fact, and it's something that we can look to and see what happens. Uh, Roosh was actually signed to AEW about ten days ago, so he's been working all the time on per appearance, which only confirms that Dragon Lee hasn't. And Eric Redbeard this week confirmed he didn't sign a contract with AEW as well. Um, only Lorcan, by the way, Biff Busick, he's back with WWE. Um, not sure in what capacity. Um, and oh, Ricky Steamboat, his his final match. He has that book that's it's going to be with Jay Lethal again as Black Machismo. I think FTR are teaming with Ricky Steamboat. I cannot remember who's teaming with Jay Lethal. I, I feel like it's like some combination of the Motor City Machine Guns and the American Wolves, or, or or some grouping like that. I feel like I feel like Chris Sabin or Alex Shelley are involved or something. But anyway. Mm. Interesting that Ricky is sort of following in Rick's footsteps a little bit. Yeah. Yep. And then Ryback was making noise about something. I don't know what it is. Oh, is he gonna be in a final match too? <laughs> I don't I don't know. He's still talking about a lawsuit and there's no way he's still involved in a lawsuit that's that's pending and and he's been gone from WW for like ten years, so this no I, I think he still is threatening to sue over being able to use the name Ryback and they own the trademark and it's like it's like it's long over, dude. It's like game over. Um, right. Freddie Prince Jr. still says he's going forward with his own promotion and he's trying to contact top talent. I don't know who the hell is left for him to contact. Well, I guess Bandito T and Tessa, Dragon Lee. <laughs> Tessa Blanchard. Uh, Ryback. <laughs> and Ryback. There you go. W. Morris, who apparently is not all elite. I, 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 Jonah. I don't know. Jonah, yeah. I guess there's people. 
In some injury news, I think we talked about Tony D, but Montez Ford for the second week in a row was spotted with a boot on his foot, but only one week was on TV, and that was the first. So the second week wasn't on TV. So if it's a shoot, that makes sense. If it was a work, you think that he would have been in a TV spot. I suppose it could have been edited out or cut for time. But I'm beginning to think that, you know, that, that he's actually got something wrong with him. Hopefully it's not too serious. Um, no. Aside from that, that's all the news I have except for ratings. I got the two weeks worth of ratings for most shows anyway. Just give us the uh, latest ratings. Nope, not going to do that. So Impact two weeks ago, 100,000 went up 18,000. <laughs> but this past week, meaning October 7th, um, no, October 6th, went down back down to 89,000, down 11,000. New Japan Pro Wrestling, still not reported. SmackDown, two weeks ago, 2.2 million, which was a reduction of 330,000. But this week it recovered a little bit, went to 2.243 million, up 68,000. Rampage, two weeks ago, went down by 50,000 to 472,000. This past week, it was two hours, so the hour of Rampage was 404,000, down... Sixty-eight thousand, if my math is correct, something like that. And hour two was three hundred seventeen thousand, so that's down one hundred fifty-five thousand from Rampage. It's down uh, eighty-seven thousand from the hour prior. It is also consistently down. It's down from the last Battle of the Belts, and every single Battle of the Belts has gone straight and down to left. But this is this is you know like it's like a hundred thousand or more lower than the last Battle of the Belts. Raw, two weeks ago, 1.599 million, down 75,000. This week, bit of a pop, up to 1.834 million, so up 225,000. NXT two weeks ago went down 41,000 to 625,000. Um, but this past week went to 737, up 68,000. Against baseball games and all the usual stuff. MLW, still no new shows, but they, they made a release today, which I didn't cover in the news because I knew I was going to do it here. They are moving to PWTV. As I understand it, it will be free. I don't know if that means they're going off of YouTube, um, I, I, but whatever it is, it's another free streaming service, which I don't know how that's particularly good for them. Maybe there's more advertising I, I, opportunities for them. I still think that MLW stands for money laundering wrestling. Uh, I cannot back that up. It's opinion. Nobody sue me. Um, and it's parody, too. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah, maybe it's a good thing for them. Don't know. NWA, last three weeks, 50,000, 34,000 from two weeks ago, and 96,000 from three weeks ago. Um, Bully Ray was on that show. Cardona was on that show. Um, Elevation, this week, 137,000. Not very good. Two weeks ago, up to 234. Three weeks ago, up to 181. So a little strange there. Dark this week, 166. Two weeks ago, only up to 146. And three weeks ago, only up to 186. So elevation and dark sort of 
you know, stuck in the mud. Only one out of six shows broke 200,000, which is not good historically. Um, New Japan Strong past three weeks, 7,300. 7,500, and that three weeks ago, for whatever reason, 17,000. Dynamite, two weeks ago, 1.038 million, which was up 39,000 from the week before. This past week, yesterday, 983,000, down 55,000. Uh, and by the way, they keep going down in the demo. I don't care about the demo, but you all who care about these things often are throwing the demo at me, so you should know they're going down in the demo more than they're going down in the viewership. Um, Wow. Women of Wrestling, two uh, two weeks have been reported. September 18th did 284,000, and September 25th, 273,000. Now, it's not a one-time slot. This is an aggregate of viewers from all of their syndicated stations. Why we could get this and we could never get Ring of Honor for years and years and years, I don't know. Maybe it's because WoW was proud of their numbers and Ring of Honor wanted to keep it secret. Don't know. But while these numbers are not gangbuster and they'll probably go down going forward, it is more than three times what impact is getting. Um, so I think that's important to point out for everybody who says you're sleeping on impact. How can I sleep on a promotion that loses one to five talents a week and gets one third of the viewership of wow that has no recognizable wrestlers on it? <laughs> I don't know. That's how you're sleeping on it because you're not yes. watching it. Well, it, maybe it helps you sleep. Maybe that. Maybe they just meant literally. I that should try to sleep on it. Maybe if 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 Hangman if Hangman has such a problem with insomnia, maybe yeah, he should man. be watching Impact. Yeah, maybe he he should do That's all sorts right. of things. Adam it's, Page. It's, it's, yep. Jeff, that's, that's it, right? I think that's all the news. I that's think so. That's all I got. This that, uh, week, you know, probably more. Uh, I didn't hear anyone cover the MJF girl on cinema. Spat. I'm a little bit surprised. Yeah, well, maybe more news to come. But guys, this has been episode one oh three, one oh two, one oh three, one oh. I think one oh two. I think you're right. I think it's one oh two. By the way, audience, Jimmy T did offer to do a hammerlock hangover with me several times, but I, I was just too tired. I just couldn't do it. The, the timing didn't work. There you go. And um, my schedule is fluctuating, so um, you might hear me next week or you might hear me in two weeks, but um, Jeff will be here if he's not too tired, and maybe Jimmy T will be here as well, and maybe that's the new rotation. We'll talk it out amongst ourselves and let yeah. you know. I don't mind doing solo shows every now and then. I just you just have to get me the tech, or at least uh, get me something that you can get the tech. It, it happens automatically. But yeah, we we don't need to talk about this now. That's right. And um, yeah, so guys, thanks for tuning in. Thanks to all the the many networks that we're on. The PW. Uh, I'm about to say the PW Torch, the PW uh, Hustle, the Wrestling Soup Network, the. PWC Network and uh, the Hameen Media Group. Thank you all for co-signing with and co-writing with the Hammerlock Hangover. And thank you guys, wherever you're listening to us, if we made you laugh, made you chuckle, gave you some info that you didn't hear before in uh, your weekly travels, please make sure you leave a like, leave a sub, follow the podcast. And uh, make sure you find us on social media, Facebook. You can find us at Hammerlock Hangover. You can also send us an email. Email us at hammerlockhangover at gmail.com. That's hammerlockhangover, no space, all 
one word at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at hammerlock. H-O. The H-O is for hangover. Um, if you want to interact with me or follow me and I will follow you back, you can find me on Twitter at Big Daddy Cool. Jeff, where can they, the lovely people, find you and listen to you? They can find me on Twitter at IcarusFellMD. Um, and I'm so close to getting to half a million followers. So uh, every, every follow helps. Um, yeah, I'm very proud of that. It's amazing. Um, so you can find me on a lot of shows on the PwC, frankly, more than I like. But thank goodness Chris Ams is coming back. So uh, we're going to get back to having a normal staff and a normal rotation. Uh, but it's been fun and I'm on there a lot. So check out those shows and you can watch them live, too. They often uh, view are live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, uh, Twitter, uh, lots of ways. Um, Garden of Doom. And Garden Views are my non-wrestling podcast. We are healthily into Spooktober. Yes, it's that season for Halloween. So I've uh, done a show, of course, on Giants. I did. I have a show with uh, Voodoo Priestess, both ordained in the New Orleans style and the Haitian uh, form as well. Uh, I had the host of the Asian Tapestries tell some scary monster stories from Asia and the host of Legendary Africa talk about some uh, African scary stories and monsters. Um, I have a show that's going to drop this weekend about Nazis and the occult. What's scarier than that? Uh, I actually have an interview with a vampire uh, which is coming up and an interview with an occultist who identifies as both witch and vampire and basically the high priestess of the night. So that's all these shows are going to come out during Halloween, um, including my show with the Dr. Reverend David Parry, the uh, proprietor and founder of the Nephilim Anthropology Conference. And he is going to go out and go tell me about what all the what are all the ranks of angels and demons and devils and things like that and different kinds of giants. What's a Nephilim? What's a Raphaim? What's a Seraphim? What's a Cherubim? What's an Elohim? What's an Archangel? What's a Malachi? I mean, you know, uh, you know, the Malachim. So if you want to get all that stuff from a Gnostic reverend, this is your chance. Um, Garden Views is more topical. I have a really scary one recorded about death and taxes put together, but I think I'm going to put that off till November. Um, but it is spooky. Uh, so, yeah, you can find me in plenty of places. And I'm doing a show with Drew, Drew Yari this weekend. So shout out, Drew. I know I owed you a Patreon show for a while. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. Say hi to Drew. Drew loves me. you. Drew loves you. Yeah. I love him back. So does Sarias. Sarias asked about him all the time. Oh, blimey. All right, guys, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in and uh, have, a, have a good one. The Baltimore Symphony Orchestra presents Get Out in Concert. When Chris, a young black man, joins his girlfriend on a trip to her white parents' estate, a seemingly normal weekend getaway develops into a series of events he could have never imagined. Join the BSO as they perform the music from the award-winning thriller. While the movie plays on the big screen, immerse yourself in Jordan Peele's sinister and thought-provoking film on October 29th and 30th at the Joseph Meyerhoff Symphony Hall. Get your tickets today at bsomusic.org. If you're about to get engaged, we've got good news. Smythe Jewelers makes it easy to choose your one-of-a-kind ring for your one-of-a-kind love. 
As a Takori Platinum Partner, Smythe offers the largest Takori selections of Takori jewelry anywhere in the world. Handcrafted in California, Takori rings epitomize elegance, style, and a refreshing Pacific. We invite you to shop confidently at one of our three locations or visit us online at smythejewelers.com to order your ring from anywhere.